Welcome to the Cooler Conversations podcast. Goodness gracious, it's been a while since I've done this. The audio culmination of cool stories and the coolest people. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're not so new, I'm glad you're still listening because it's been a couple weeks. And why don't you guys hit us up on the social media platforms? you got Facebook, Instagram, the camera's off. It doesn't even matter at this point. <laughs> guys, I'm back. We're doing this consistently. Um, guys, I'm also pleased to have miss brooklyn lowry she was on episode 83 a long time it was a long time ago i think it was the beginning of this year the worst part yeah i was gonna say is that it probably actually wasn't that long ago and yet somehow we've gone through like four apocalypses since the (laughs) since our episode delta people are vaccinated we're we're rolling i'm back in north carolina i mean so the cool thing is that this is probably one of the few episodes where I'm actually doing it in person. So Brooklyn is here with me. Uh, we are big shout out to Nathan Griffin for allowing me to use the workshop. Um, if we had the camera rolling, we would, <laughs> we would be able to show it. I might have to jump over there and get it done. But what's uh, what's going on with you? You are back in NC after telling me that you were never coming back. I know. I wish I could pull up that direct quote because I have completely (laughs) contradicted myself at this point. Um, But yeah, loving it. I mean, it's a whirlwind. Let me tell you, being back here in North Carolina, again, I spent four years here in college and now I'm in Chapel Hill, new part of it, new place, new job, new, new everything. It's a new chapter here. So what, what prompted the new chapter? So I got a job running slash opening a yoga studio here. And so it's franchise. Last time we talked too about yoga and just kind of that role in my life and where I saw myself going with it, kind of the adventure of opening spaces. That was a huge goal of mine for 2021 anyway. So Mm -hmm. not my ownership, but, but my little baby over there in Chapel Hill. So there there was no yoga in in the midwest or it was there was so actually how the I got question connected. is why north carolina <laughs> i know well again i think it's like a little mix of fate and mm. serendipitous and all of that good stuff um i actually was working for this franchise in st louis gotcha. and that was kind of how it was on my radar and then just out of sure irony chapel hill is where it landed me <laughs> okay okay so are you enjoying nc you posted the other day you were like i'm i'm dipping NYC. Let's do it. So I think that is more so my ADHD that's rearing its head Mm, (laughs) where I can't be in one place for too long. But, you know, North Carolina is just its own breed of people, Mm -hmm. its own breed of things. I just laugh that I've never lived in a place where you can be 100 yards from a green light. By the time you get there, people are still parked and they're not driving. And that just, I say that industry standard here is driving five miles under the speed limit. And to be honest, that's just the biggest the biggest part. What part of North Carolina are you driving? <laughs> Let me tell you, we're Where over in the they? bubble of Chapel Hill where nobody knows what's going on. Oh my at all. God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to drive this interstate. Everywhere I'm driving, they're going 85, they're going yeah. 90. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's the interesting thing too. Chapel Hill's only 30 minutes away from here, 40 with, with traffic. But. I mean, it is like its own universe over there. Mm-hmm. It is people coming and going. I like It's like the most transient place in the whole world. Um, just bizarre folks. I think it's like the place everyone else runs away to so, because it's all college kids or it's retirees. Gotcha. So you got to mix them both there. Gotcha. Okay. One of the reasons I wanted you back on the pod is you and I are very similar in the fact that we, we I feel like we have a lot of projects in our head. Mm-hmm. And I can speak for myself 
I don't act on them. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like you're the same way? Oh my gosh, yeah. It's so funny because I recently, even just like this morning, am having this like epiphany of how bad I am at the follow through. Mm -hmm. Like I am incredible at the idea phase, that like immediate inspiration, that like get go right away. And then when it actually comes to carrying it out consistently, that's why I'm laughing to at the beginning of your podcast saying consistent, we're back to consistent. I feel like those are my famous last words that this time is going to be different. And then it's not. I mean, look at, look at my podcast. Four episodes, that's, and then I got abandoned. I was going to say, but that's normal for podcasters, though. Yeah, you were fell right into the average. What is? Is there a project that you have been consistent on that it's like that's your that's your gold standard? I so I hate to say it, but I think that the consistency for me. Okay, so we're we're just going to jump into a total other Let's. thing, but. That's about it. So I am 25 years old and just recently was diagnosed with ADHD. And so we could go on a whole other tangent about this. But one of the most interesting things about it is that, especially in adults, it's like impulsivity and like constantly needing change. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, change is my only consistent that I'm very good at. So mixing it up and always having to like take on a new project for a new adventure, Mm -hmm. I feel like has been the only thing that I'm consistent with. Um, And again, we talked about it a little like the last time I was on this about having a lot of ideas and they all seem to just like be building towards one thing. Mm -hmm. But I do think where I'm at right now running the studio and with everything else bringing my podcast back that it just kind of feels like it clicks into place a little Mm -hmm. bit better. So that's where we're at. I, so I've run to the point now, you asked me where I wanted to take the podcast and I, the moment I got a new job, I'm not going to say who it is because they don't pay me enough to announce (laughs) who it is. But, uh, the once I got a consistent job that it's pretty decent, that was the moment I realized I didn't want to do this for a living. I wanted to do this more ha- like as a hobby and enjoy it. And that was, uh, I saw, it was a post, it was like a boomer post on Facebook years ago, and it was like, you don't have to make money on everything. And that was when I was working like a part-time job, and I was like, fuck, what are you talking about? We got to make money on everything. Everything's a side hustle. Yeah. yeah, and you know, your inner Gary V comes out, and it's like, let's go. Yeah. But in the same end, I was like building towards something, the fact, so the, my biggest accomplishment right now was doing the podcast with Maul Vinson, where he did the, uh, he does the boxing. Yeah. And then after the podcast, he was like, hey, do you want to be the ring announcer? Very and cool. I was like, holy shit, hell yeah. <laughs> so it was like, can I access that? Something beyond money worth mm-hmm. and actually get like the full connections, the full grade there, building up myself as a brand as yeah. opposed to like an individual thing that I'm doing. So it's, I feel I completely understand with you. It's like yeah. uh, it building yourself up towards these other, while watering these other little projects. Yeah. And I think like as people, obviously we're multifaceted people. Mm-hmm. We have interests that come and go and that vary, you know, based on situation, based on feeling, based on getting other jobs, doing other things in different parts of our lives where we have like different areas in ourselves that are being flexed a little bit mm-hmm. more. So like even myself, I notice like creativity will come and go or the entrepreneurial spirit will come and go. Sometimes it's a total itch to make my own thing. And sometimes it's like just being okay with mm-hmm. being where I'm at. And I actually think this North Carolina chapter that has reemerged in my life has been a big focus on being okay where I'm at Mm -hmm. because I'm always like pushing, pushing, pushing. And then I was like, wow, I got this thing that I wanted. That was like my big goal of my year. Mm -hmm. I hit 
how much money I wanted to make in this year. I hit opening a studio this year. And then I was like, be okay with it. Like, be okay with being here. Yeah. And it's very uncomfortable. It's a very um, new place for me to be. Um, but again, it's like flexing different parts of my personality that mm-hmm. I'm like there. And I think back to your point, that post I put up the other day about leaving North Carolina or whatever, I think that's like that little inherent itch of like, okay, yeah, we've yeah, been yeah. here, we've been here so long, we've been sitting in it for so long, like we gotta change it up. Yeah, it was um I can't remember where I heard this before. It was uh someone was talking about so it's almost like we've been as millennials and Gen Zs, it's in, it's inherent for us. This is what they were saying. It's inherent for us to go change builds grit. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, maybe staying put takes more grit than it really does than for the changing. Because it's easy to just be like, no, man, this is hard. Leave. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I think that too. And I find myself like the more and more, they always say to you, like, look for mentors or look for inspiration in things that like you wish you could be, but mm-hmm. it's like also like you spot it, you got it. There's mm-hmm. a little piece of it. And that's been part of like my curiosity around what happens when you stay in it a little bit longer, what mm-hmm. happens when you push through. And I'm learning that like, even in my job right now, starting it from nothing and taking it, my studio from a place where it was, and it was kind of struggling and middle of a pandemic, opening a fitness studio yeah to being someplace else and like having the patience again one of my lesser (laughs) skill sets and like having just like grit and determination even on days where like it doesn't doesn't look like it you're not seeing immediate benefits or rewards Mm -hmm. um there's no instant gratification it's like sticking in it in like seeing where it goes and i like i feel really lucky about it too because i'm like that's obviously one of those things that you need as somebody who would like to have their own business and Mm -hmm. would like you know, all of these things that I want to achieve, it's practicing that skill of the grit, the sticking in it, the staying even when it sucks or feels like you're stuck. Yep. What do you do, um, talking about like, uh, like motivation, like what, what do you do for motivation? I always, always, always have to be around people or seek out people, um, people doing what I want to be doing. I think that was one of the best pieces of advice my dad has always said. Anytime I'm in a place where I feel stuck or I don't know the next move or Mm -hmm. lacking inspiration, it's to find somebody who's doing what I want to be doing or at least, you know, building that, working towards that Mm -hmm. and having really good conversations with them. So I, I would say one of my skills is definitely just like the cold call reach out, especially on Instagram of just, I really admire what you're doing, like would love to chat really quick, like any of those types of things, just staying in connection mm-hmm. and staying around like people that are doing what you want to be doing. Do people, cause I, people are, uh, are finicky. I try to sometimes like, if you reach out to somebody, at least what I've seen on my end, it's like, no, I don't want to join your remote deliver marketing. It's like, yeah. no, that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> Literally <laughs> like, complimenting I promise, you. I promise. I promise. Yeah. No, but I think that's what it is. And I actually think that more people are open to it than like people would believe, mm. especially in the field of entrepreneurship or any of that, because they're proud of what they've done, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think like, as long as you're not like, hi, I want to copy your ideas and steal, like, tell me how you've built your thing so I can build mine. Yeah. Um, I think when you're just approaching it to like, wow, I really admire what you're doing. Would love just like a quick chat and people are super receptive. Yeah. The, um, I was I was just reading uh, rereading one of Mark Manson's books. Have you read any of his? I have not. They're like the art of not giving a fuck, and oh, yes, yes, everything yes, yes, is yes. fucked. Yes, familiar with the covers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, he has there's it's like he calls it a motivational cycle, and it's uh, 
you can try and like watch videos, you can try and whatever, but the ultimate thing for motivation is action, yeah. which kind of going, building off what you're saying is like, you have to take that first step. You can't just wait for your like signed from God to just like, yeah. here's a million dollars. Like you got to yeah. get and up and do it. And it's being in creation, like at all times, even if you're not a creative person, mm-hmm. it's just doing, it's like seeing how many people you could meet seeing how many ways you can be involved in your community. It's seeing how many ways you can like take steps. And I'm one of those people. I, it's my like woo woo side, but I'm like energy builds energy. So as long as you're still in energy of mm-hmm. creating, you're not just sitting around, like you said, waiting for a sign, waiting for something to happen. Even if you're doing things and they don't make sense to why you're doing them in the moment, it's just like that fuel, that momentum, mm-hmm. you know, the gas to the fire and all of that. Absolutely. So, Talking about change, yeah. So, what did you? What did you uh, at Elon? What did you uh, master? What not mastering? What did you? <laughs> I am a master of yeah. communication <laughs> and design. No, just a lovely old Bachelor of Arts bachelor communication of arts. and design and digital art. Okay, what is your take on? Because this is big change. Yeah. What is your take on this new? web 3.0 thing do you know anything about this i don't and i feel like i'm living under a rock what can you can i be informed i was hoping i would (laughs) be learning no yeah the uh facebook announced the metaverse which is the i guess basically ready player one version of the world but like web 3.0 was like everything is going to be decentralized like right now with nfts yeah. going on if we're going off the rails for you i don't i don't know enough about this to be <laughs> yeah i don't either this is like just dumb and dumber over here talking. yeah goodness gracious <laughs> yeah i just want to know your take on that. i was like <sighs> if it's changed like are you game for that change or is there a little bit of you like no <laughs> well i just think we shouldn't have internet at all yes <laughs> so that's uh, that's what my take and i i think i found peace in taking away things i i never thought i would be that person as i got older mm-hmm. that would come out of touch with like what was on trend or mm-hmm. like technology but now that i'm getting older and i say older i'm 25 but now that i am getting out of peak trend age i mm. find myself i'm like oh no i am going to be that hermit that lives in a cabin that with like no accessibility to anything so do you do like uh like internet fast oh all the time i think i just like live that way i i'm like ironically enough if you were to see my instagram maybe you would not think that but even on instagram i started unfollowing everybody except for people that i actually know or like or like very few influencers celebrities and i have a rule oh yeah i feel honored for that follow <laughs> state um i have a rule too where i'm like i i can't scroll so i mm. post all the time but i mean no i hate to anybody else i just i just feel like i disengage yeah yeah i kind of want to do that too so you know, I want to do this podcast. I want to put it out there just for the heck of it because yeah. maybe it'll connect me to somebody. But at the same end, that means I have to keep the Instagram app on my phone. I know. It means I have to keep the, yeah. the Facebook. I actually deleted the Facebook. Uh-huh. I can do that on my computer. I can get on, post, and get out. Yeah. But, like, honestly, I, I've i been contemplating for the past year now. I miss a flip phone. Yeah. Oh, Just 100%. give me that. Yeah, I mean, I would be lost without my maps, so that's probably well, about, like, 90% of usage of my phone. But I, com- I completely agree. <laughs> We're in this, like, horrible situation where, like, well, I would like to be successful in my business, and I have ideas, but, mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is internet. But, like I said, I think that there are ways that you can disengage. I also do think at least social media is changing. I mm-hmm. think that what used to be how people interacted and 
changes. But I also think that the more you can step away, the better. Absolutely. There's a book out. I want to read it. It's been, it's like 20 years old plus. Um, have you ever read Bowling Alone? No. Every time you ask me a question on here, I just feel like illiterate. This is a question for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it either. Okay. So yeah. it's, uh, but it's basically about the idea of uh, how American communities, they used to be, um, Basically, so, you know, why it's called bowling alone is mm-hmm. one of the ideas it goes over is like bowling like clubs used mm-hmm. to be huge back yeah. in the day. Now, even though people are bowling more, they're bowling alone because we're just not wanting to be in communities anymore. So It's so weird. And it was just talking about how that's like a weird degradation of the American society and like how to kind of move about that. So, I mean, it's it's popped up like... It's been very synchronistic popping up in all the books I've been reading. So now it's yeah. like, I got to read this Yeah. next. But yeah, it's so weird. Social media is so weird. And why is it that we, why is it we hate it and we're so stuck on it? Well, it's because it is that like sink or swim community. It's mm. like if you're out of it, I mean, you go back to like even caveman-y days and that like if you're out of the tribe, if you're out of the loop, mm-hmm. it's death, you know? And right yeah. now our tribe, our loop is social media. So... We've got to go back to the caves. Got to go back to the caves. Good God. Bring, bring back hunting and gathering and we'll be good. I would die. Yeah. 100%. I mean, probably. I, I would, would too. Die. But, all right, well, let's go up over to a book that I know you did read. Yes. You did, you recommended uh, Dare to Lead to me. I did. I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, there was one quote that really spoke to me because uh, the reason I wanted to read it is I am very, like, hyper-rational to the point where, like, I can be empathetic. I think I'm empathetic. And then people yeah. are like, you're out of lane. <laughs> but uh, Wasn't empathy your goal for this yes. year too? Okay. Yes. I don't know how I'm doing. <laughs> I think I'm doing well, but that's the... <laughs> yes. Okay. But uh, there was one quote I really liked. I actually wrote it down. It was uh, it was a, basically a definition for empathy that I'd never like understood until I read it. It was like, empathy is not connecting to an experience, but the emotions that underpin the experience. And that one really sat with me because, you know, it's one of those things where like, oh, I get it. You know, you stubbed your toe. I, if I stub my toe, but it was like yeah. understanding the pain yes. of stubbing that toe. That was, that was what connected it for me. Yeah. And that it's not about comparing suffering on the surface because mm-hmm. I mean, you always go into that where like there are people who have no homes and no money and no family. Like how dare I be upset? by my kitten dying the other day but it's one of those things where it's not about that it's Mm -hmm. about like the emotions I remember so clearly um my mom one time when I was little and I suffer I think greatly from something that you were talking about too where sometimes I can feel very lack of empathetic and almost heartless (laughs) to Mm -hmm. a certain point and I remember complaining to her about this girl in my class being so upset by something so stupid and I was fired up about her being upset and I was like why is she mad about this how could she possibly like what a baby Mm -hmm. basically and my mom said to me she was like her sadness is her sadness like you might not understand or care why Mm -hmm. but like it's very real to her just like what's real to you is real to you yeah and I can remember where we were in the car I can remember everything because it was that same sentiment it just blew my mind that I was like oh wait it has nothing to do with actually what happened it has Mm -hmm. to do with like what they're feeling, what they're experiencing because of it. And then when you're able to match that or at least like hold space for them to feel that, mm-hmm. like that's where empathy is. 
I feel like empathy then, knowing what it is now, is okay. probably one of the hardest things to accomplish. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Because what it does is it challenges both people to sit in vulnerability together. And that's like the that. scariest place to be. Yeah, right? Like we hear that and we're like, absolutely not. Like that's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. That's... I would rather be in the caveman situation. Yeah, <laughs> than right. Have to do that. <laughs> it is. It's so. It's so uncomfortable, and it's like also. And I think I hate to like generalize here, but I think men struggle with it more so because there's such an energy about fixing things, mm. and I share that too. And it's not about fixing it. It's not about what actionable steps can we take to get you out of this place you're at. That's so sad. Yeah. And I don't think it comes from a lack of caring. I think it comes actually from caring that you want to fix a problem. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times, as she says, too, the best thing you can do is just, like, meet them where they're at and sit with it. That's hard. It's so hard. It's hard. Yeah, it is. So you just blazed right through it. How are are you doing? Because something horrible just happened. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing ever. I adopted a kitten from a shelter and then... Had her for about a month, found out she had a f- ultimately fatal disease kittens get. It's like 90% of cats have this disease, but 1% of them as kittens develop wow. it fatally like this. Oh my. Yeah, it's actually a coronavirus variation, not the human type, but like where coronavirus came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's called FIPV. Um, basically, it was like fluid in her lungs, so she couldn't breathe, and it happened in a matter of like four days. Like four days oh earlier, she's swinging from my curtains, like George of the Jungle, and then and then that. So, um, obviously, it's very hard. I've never had to like personally be there to put down an animal, which is, I mean, the worst but yet most peaceful thing in the whole mm-hmm. world. Um, but kind of going back and related to what we're talking about, the most challenging part for me is like, having to just sit in the emotions of it. Um, I'm not good with not fixing or at mm-hmm. least not like being able to take steps to get out of something. And um, that's, I think that's where a lot of my like angst and like my, my restlessness is coming from. Mm-hmm. And I'm like really seeing where that flares up again with having to sit with something and not just, you know, blaze past it. <laughs> how did you, I mean, not saying that you're over it, but like, yeah. how do you, what is the word cope like how do you go through the day with that because that to me i mean it's like that would be such a rush for emotion like you have this love and then it's gone and it's for sure and i mean i was laughing too because anybody who follows me on social media will see too she died and then a day later fleas infested my apartment so i've been dealing with flea removal from her which is very fitting on her character she would Mm -hmm. She would not have it any other Fuck way than you. to leave and be like, you will never forget me or get me out of your space. Um, I honestly think it's a roller coaster of emotions like any grief. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of grief inexperienced. I've only had one like really big, horrible. And again, it was a sudden, urgent death and loss of my grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the case of her, obviously there's sadness and yeah. there will be sadness. It'll come and it'll go being in an apartment by myself when she was my only person, obviously being back home, like triggers that. But I think like in my head with it, I also was just so drained by going through all the steps. And I think I was lucky enough that I felt like I had options that I had explored with her. Mm-hmm. So when it came time, it really was like, a, this is the only thing left. Gotcha. And my brain side can take over the heart side a little bit through that and be like, you did 
the right things. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So then when you like start to get really heavy, yes, there's heaviness. This there's like the sadness loss piece you have to sit with, but at least there's like a, you were a good mom. She was put here for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like everything about her life was so joyous and happy. And you got to like, make sure you did everything you could Mm -hmm. before having to do that. It's kind of like the same thing with the empathy. Like you have done, that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It was, you've done everything that you can It's just that this was out of your hands. This is completely. And I think like I'm fortunate enough that I have a spirituality side to me too, where I think about, I got her from a shelter. I, the whole reason I got her was because I had met her and somebody adopted her sister without her. And I was like, she can't be alone. She was the cutest stinking thing. Mm -hmm. And so I literally went back and got her because she was by herself. And then now I think about it and I'm like, Oh, she definitely like needed me and mm-hmm. that for her last month. Cause they think she had it at the shelter. It just didn't pop up. Gotcha. Um, and there's no test. There's like nothing you can do about it. So I think like the spirituality side of me copes with that too, where mm-hmm. you're like, there's a special reason, you know, that month happened. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be tough. Yeah. I, uh, obviously I've adopted two dogs with Twee yeah. and I can't imagine losing any of them. I know. Well, and then there's this horrible part that even though I, like, would say it to other people going through it, but there's, like, a little bit of a guilt side that you're like, how did an animal crush me this month? Yeah. You know, like, you wrap your people, again, or losing all of these family members, you have COVID, like, you have all of this stuff, again, not going into comparative suffering, but Mm -hmm. it's also like, oh, my God, they're family. And it's crazy Mm -hmm. because it was the first animal, I grew up with animals, always, always, always had them, Um, but it was the first time I, like, hat felt like I had like a little family with it, gotcha. you know, cause you're taking care of them. You're doing all of it, but I mean, it's the vicious life cycle. There's like an innocence to it. It's there just is, like, there is. That's why like, it's easier to watch people in movies die versus yes. an animal. Yes. Like they did something up. Yeah. But I will say, I don't think I'm getting another animal anytime soon no? or having a child. I saw I, that dog you posted. I don't know how people do this. I know. I know. I think a dog's the only place that I could do it, but even still, I'm just scarred for life. Yeah. Yeah. Got to go with a fish. <laughs> Little emotional attachment. That and birds. Birds? Yeah. I have no emotional attachment to birds. I couldn't do a bird. Yeah. That'd be weird. There's birds outside. You can. Yeah. <laughs> Those are free. <laughs> Um, let's see. I had, so this was, this was interesting. This is kind of wrapping back into, um, like how me and you have different ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever, so I kind of like, I was sitting there one morning and obviously I had work, I have this or whatever. Do you ever like go? And I know that sometimes they talk about in this yoga, but do you ever like go and go, I get to do this today. Like you're just super, you end up stoking yourself that that's what you get to do. Oh Yeah. So it's so funny that you say that because that actually was my biggest intention in 2020. Mm. And it came from a previous boss and she used to say it all the time at work of like changing your mindset of like, I have to, I have to do this today to being able to be in choice and that I get to. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who's a control freak and a power crazed person, being able to flip a narrative and be like, mm-hmm. I get to is amazing. And then it does, it like turns into this like gratitude practice every single morning where you're like, Holy shit, I get to do everything that I like. You yeah. Know? I was, it, it dawned on me cause I was started just thinking, I was like, life really is 
a sandbox that we just get infinite. I mean, there's rules to the game, (laughs) but at the same end, you could almost literally do anything at this point. Like in a span of a day, you could be a salesman and on the Mm -hmm. same end, you could be a yoga teacher. Yeah. It It does. In a day. It is. Where, where does your, I guess, like gratefulness with that come from? Like what, what was going on? I don't know. It was it to me saying I have a choice to do it gave me, it allowed me to control my day. Yeah. I was like, okay, I decided to do this as opposed to like, so, you know, I woke up one morning and I was like, I do not want to go to work. Yeah. But it, but it was like, okay, I woke up and I get to be the best salesman today. Yeah. I get to do the best podcast today. <laughs> and it was just so, it was just going to flip, just flip the script, flip the narrative and put me in power. Yeah. I felt like. Do you feel like that's something that carries you through or was it a one-off experience no it's been something i've been thinking about the past few months yeah and because i i do this weird thing where i like i bookend my days where i'll it's essentially like a walking meditation i'll work out so it's like during my meditation stay when i walk and it was just like okay that's an interesting way to spin that yeah so i don't know it was i don't know where it stems from i don't know if it's like some stoic thing i read but (laughs) I don't know. It was just, to me, it allowed me to go, okay, so I have X amount of time left in this life, and mm-hmm. I get to de- I get to decide what I can do with that. There's factors that I don't get to decide, but yeah. still. Well, and even the factors you don't get to decide, being in a mindset of choice, mm-hmm. you get to decide how you respond to things. You yeah. get to decide how things affect you when they are out of your control. Mm-hmm. And I think... It's an age thing too. I think I like as you get older. (laughs) No, but it is. It's like this freedom of like an open gate. Like Mm -hmm. you start like unlearning behaviors. You had a adolescence that got you through where it was. Mm -hmm. You start to yes, taste a little bit of money and money equals freedom. Mm -hmm. You get to like have all of these things where it clicks, where you're really like any way I want my life to look. I'm the only person that controls it. I control how I have relationships in my life. I control how I spend my time. I control all of that. And the pickier you are about it, obviously, you know, the more things start to fall into place and it starts to become easier to be grateful too. Yeah. And it's, I guess what kind of like led to me thinking that is things, obviously, you know, we're always like, man, I really wish I could be like the Mark Zuckerberg. I could be, but it's like they did most people in those realms started off with like micro micro challenges that they won the day yeah so it's like how can i get if i even if you can get to like 75 percent of that Mm -hmm. that's hella successful yeah so and i i think too it's like one of those places where again it's like the stepping stones every single day you mm -hmm. just like take another step do you take another step? Mm-hmm. You also like don't get attached to ideas of things having to like look one certain way mm-hmm. because I found for me that was like a lot of my journey after college was having to think that I was going to be in a certain job or li- life was going to work a certain way and realizing the more and more you start to tune into like what you need and what you want your life to look like, you just take the little steps. Mm-hmm. You don't get attached. If you need to pivot, you pivot, you know, if you need to handle things that come up, mm-hmm. like you're empowered them to do so yeah it's also do you ever do you feel like you get more freedom you feel more freedom if you structure your day no i'm horrible about you're horrible that. about that yeah okay um to your sentiment i do have like a morning routine at least yeah, that yeah, i yeah. like try to stick to and i think that's like 
what keeps me sane. That's like what keeps me open to mm-hmm. experiencing the rest of it. Um, but it's actually one of the struggles of my job because I essentially work alone, even though I have a team. Mm-hmm. Um, 90% of my day is being alone. And even when people are there, it's obviously like for classes or taking other things. So it's not necessarily a set schedule or like a set engagement with me. And mm-hmm. so I've had to like figure out what that looks like and yeah. how it works. But I also find I have a massive fear of goals and commitments, which I think is like one of the funniest things about me because I have so many ideas. Yeah. But I, I get terrified and freaked out of the idea of like being locked into schedules or routines or like mm. appointments even or anything. I drive my boyfriend crazy with it because he's always like, I need three days notice before I do anything. And I'm like, well, I could feel totally different in that moment. How am I going to know what I'm going to feel We're like? going to, to the do? beach now. Yeah. Right. Like, can we pack up the car? Like, let's go. Um, and, but I think I love that about myself mm. and I know it drives other people crazy, but it's one of those things I'm like, I know how to take care of me. So I'm going to do that piece and we let gotcha. the rest fly. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm kind of like the same realm. I found that structure has definitely focused me because to your, to the point, it's like adding that structure has given, it's like building grit to like what our point yes. earlier. So it's like, so I've started doing, you ever heard about this like 75 hard thing? I did it. So I actually oh, okay. started it. Um, it was probably right after we did our last podcast. Okay. Yeah. Are you, are you starting it? Are you I, on it? So I, I had a different method. So it's supposed to just fucking me over going and changing and because we're going into the holidays. Yeah. I started about two weeks ago and I was like, I'm not because... I know myself that if I say, if I do 75 hard and I fail, I'm just going to hate myself and start over every two <laughs> weeks. So I treat, I'm treating it like a test, like a high school test. Okay. So every day that I fail, I just mark a little red X and the goal is to right now get 80% success. Okay. And then the next time I do it, 85%. Yeah. And then the next time, so that way then I can build on that because I know if I went into it going, I know I'm going to charge, I'm going to be changing off i'm gonna be starting over every two weeks it's gonna hate it but i like the structure of it how how are you like defining success with it like in a day uh so i have i have those same rules it's no alcohol which i went to a wedding this past so (laughs) x uh no alcohol eating clean is weird for me i'm I'm more of a, I have to cook the meal. It can't yeah. be fast food. That was what I did on mine too. I wasn't stingy about what a diet looks like. Mm-hmm. I was just focused on, I my set was five days a week, yeah. like all my meals. And then I do, I do two workouts. One is a walk. So my 45 minute walk, I do, yeah. it's mostly meditation for me. Mm-hmm. And then I work out at night and then the water and there was another one. But I also had a rule that if I fail... I have to write why the next day. Okay. So that's been, right now I've missed three days out of the two weeks and the reasons, I wrote down the reasons. Like I had a wedding, we Uh went out with friends, but I want to be conscientious that those were still failures, but at the same end, I'm okay with that because next time I do the 75, I'm just going to keep going. Those programs are interesting to me too because when I had it, I... I cheated on a few of it too because I was in the middle of it when I got this job. So mm-hmm. I had champagne when I moved here Hell and got my yeah. first apartment. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I deserve that. But I like my mindset around it too was like kind of like yours. It's like even if I 
completely fail at this a couple days out of 75 days, which mm-hmm. is a really long time when mm-hmm. you actually are doing habits every single day of yes. it. Um, you're still shifting something in your life so much more so than before. And I love that you're writing it down. I hate that you're using the word failure, <laughs> but I love that you're writing it down too, because it's like the awareness piece. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing I got out of it was, did you ever do 40 days Baptiste at yoga? Mm-mm. Okay. So it was one of the things I got from that too. And I saw it show up a lot when I did 75 hard was why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it made it easier when I was like, yeah, I had champagne, you know, because I moved in because I deserved that. That was like a fun celebratory thing mm-hmm. for me, a big moment in my life. But it also then got me aware on like nights I'm sitting alone in my apartment and I want a glass of wine. And yeah. it's like, why do you want that glass of wine? You mm-hmm. know, or if you did it then, which is fine. Life happens. Mm-hmm. You do things, you give a new human instinct. It's like, okay, why? Like, yeah. what, what was the reason there? Like, yeah. what was that? It was, uh, are you asking me a question? Well, I think, <laughs> I think it's just like a lot of it. Like I noticed like what, what comes up. When I write why? Yeah. So, so the one, so we did the alcohol. So this past weekend, I just like, Hey, I was at a wedding Mm -hmm. and I was in the bridal party. So you gotta. Yeah, (laughs) obviously. But, uh, there was one, it was last Friday. We went to Red Oak and I had a pint and it was like, okay, I really enjoyed the pint. And then what I found was a lapse was more where I found myself more in like a consumerist state of mind is when Uh I had the second one. I was like, I didn't really enjoy the second one as much as I liked the first yeah. one. So to me, that was noteworthy. I was like, you have a, con- you like to consume things. And mm-hmm. it was like, let's, let's note that. So that was a note for me. It wasn't, so I guess to, to point, it's not really a failure. I just marked the days as like losing the battle that day. Yeah. But I haven't lost the war. Yeah. So. What, what's your why in doing 75 hard? Like what were you looking to get? It's a mindset that? thing. Yeah. I, I, want to be grittier i want to be i mean it's it's one of those things where i i am very uh it's one of those so i read a lot so i was i like the idea that it's all mindset Mm -hmm. physicality is an added bonus but the older i get the more decrepit i'm gonna get so that's not that's that's a mindset too it's i like to i want to challenge myself Uh i find i think that in how society is now with the internet in retrospect, we have it fairly easy. Yeah. So it's like, how can I put myself through something? Especially when you read history books and it's like, oh, they were fucked up back yeah. then. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I thought about the other, the, this morning, uh, I was talking to, I was talking to Tui, I was like, uh, you know what's crazy is uh, right now we're fighting over attention and social media and i opened up the spice cabinet i mean people fought wars for this yeah that's insane to me it is crazy that was actually one of those things that got me through covid Mm. and when i was like okay people literally were having wars in their front yards like wars where people were running at each other Mm -hmm. like knife battles you know and covid is very real but then you also like look at it and you're like Okay, but I also get to sit in this house with my family and order food to my door. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we get to do that. Like, oh my gosh, perspective of where our life is right I now. I can watch Squid Games yeah. and just... And that's that's my night. That's my day in my AC heated apartment, you know? So I, I think that's for me. That yeah. Any kind of challenge like that is more mentally. Some people are going at it like, I can get ripped. But totally. 
Have you found that it's gotten easier? Have you found it's gotten harder? Like what, what's the journey been now that it's two weeks? Mm. Cause they say habits happen like eight, 10 days. I can definitely tell what, what I, what I enjoy the most about it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy having to read. Yeah. I enjoy the workouts, the alcohol thing. I found out like, cause if you look at, I have a piece of paper. What I did is I wrote out 75 days. Mm-hmm. And then I highlighted the days I knew would be challenging. Yeah. So that I I finally had an overview and I was like, okay, so realistically, I if I drink these days, I have party these days or whatever, that's six days out of 75. Mm-hmm. That's with Christmas. That's with yeah. Thanksgiving. So that, to me, having that overview was like, oh, wow. So this is a little bit more doable totally. than, you know, 75 days. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, especially with stuff like that, you get so caught up in, again, like, 75 days. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit. And there's no off days in it, no. too. You're working out every single day two times. Yes, mm-hmm. it can be, like, yoga or it can be a walk. Mm-hmm. You know, you can supplement and recover. But I think, like, again, it's, like, so scary to look at it, to go into it. And then at least when I found while I was doing it, I was like, oh, this is day-by-day choice. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's It's okay. And then suddenly it flies by and you're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Like that was, that was way more doable. And again, you like start to build these habits. I, I had always kind of like played with the idea of sobriety, um, for a long time. And then when I did 75 hard, I stayed sober after it again, minus my like glass of champagne, but I stayed sober for probably like two more months after it completely sober. Yeah. And now I like to define myself as sober curious. I mean, I definitely enjoy wine here and there, but it really, for me, I saw how much was possible and like unlocked in, in my life mm-hmm. by staying off of it. Yeah. I also like the the compounding that you can get from it. What like uh, compounding your habits. Like oh, yeah. The fact that you, you know, you might be struggling with drinking water throughout the day. And then uh-huh. next thing you know, <laughs> that's you're craving it. Yeah. It's insane. So how did you how did you feel after 75? I found amazing. Like I said, I believe it totally kickstarted everything that was happening in my life to like getting this job, to the move, to having my own place. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of it. Um, Physically, I noticed it. Um, I also said, because I talked to a lot of friends when I started it, a lot that had done it, but a lot that had not even heard of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I was in a lucky place because I was already like teaching yoga and moving my body a little bit, you know, because I could not imagine doing that from ground zero (laughs) no habits but what it did do is like i said it brought that awareness piece like i noticed the days i didn't move my body afterwards i definitely Mm -hmm. took like three days where i was not moving and not doing anything but then i was like wait i really love it like you said you start to like see these habits and it sounds like a lot but when you actually put it through your day it's Mm -hmm. all things that are good for you you know drinking water every day maybe not doing two full workouts a day but taking a walk, mm-hmm. you know, and just like noticing how those little things start to, again, keep the energy moving, keep the shift going. And you, I think every time I've done some little program like this, I get something different from it every time that yeah. fits, you know, and that sticks with me. I kind of want to figure out a, cause now that I'm doing it, I want to make another one after this. So I can like continue it and make, mm-hmm. keep progressing, get an A on my imaginary test, but <laughs> I want to do one that keeps me consistent with stuff like this, like yeah. the podcast. Because uh, it's I'm at a point now where I want to do so many things. I've started writing them down, like yeah. all these ideas. Like what was my idea the other day? I was like, uh, 
coming up with like a sandwich shop. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start a sandwich shop. And I just started writing them down. I was like, I need to start like just focusing on these because like the sandbox of life, you can do everything or anything, but you have to pick like two. Yeah. So, at a time, at least. At a time, at least. Yeah, because, you know, most of the successful people you're trying to frame yourself at have one thing they did really well that then allowed them mm-hmm. to do all these other cool things. It's hard. Again, it's the, the grit thing. So when does uh, your podcast start back up? I am recording an episode this week. So okay. it should be back up by next week. I'm very excited. I have a website that's launching with it nice yeah we're gonna be doing video with it we're gonna be doing all that good stuff nice okay. yeah i miss it and i think like again it all kind of like fell into place i stopped doing it basically because i got this job and it was a matter of 10 mm-hmm. days before i picked up my life and moved here um and then i was like i don't really have anything to talk about but let me tell you this girl is full of rants again these days so what better place to put it than on the internet yeah. plus i mean my podcast too if you guys haven't listened to it go check out the first episodes babylon brooklyn but it's Plug. always that's <laughs> <laughs> what i'm here for um it's always been kind of just like a diary of my voice anyway okay. and i love and i've started to like curate again down who i'm following on instagram and i love the mindset more so it's like if you want to engage you engage if you want to listen to my shenanigans you can listen to it if not you know there's so what would you billions say, of podcasts out there you can listen to. What would you say is your niche? Um, my niche definitely is a little bit of like cynicism on enlightenment. Okay. You know, we're there. We have the spirituality component, but I always like to say I'm not one to like drink the Kool-Aid. Like I keep yeah, yeah, a little yeah. sense of reality yeah. um, and groundedness to my life. But I also think that I just don't have a filter. So you probably will be offended. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I like to just put it out there, you know? I say the things people don't say. Like what? Could you drop one right now? Oh, <laughs> oh I could go on and on and on and on and on. Um, but I think like one of those things, and it's funny because, I mean, I don't have a following at all on Instagram, especially after I deleted all my followers, but <laughs> I still, people will respond, like random people, and they're yeah. like, thank you for being so honest and open and vulnerable, mm-hmm. and I'm like... Oh, I just say what everybody else is saying behind the closed doors, but to an audience. Mm-hmm. Like today's rant on Instagram was about somebody in the area stealing my idea verbatim from uh, an Instagram I had. Yeah, let's, what was that about? Because you texted me about that and you were like, I'm fired oh my gosh, up. I, I was fired up today. Um, this is the second time this has happened. Yeah. So we can totally get into this if you want me to get into this. Let's go. Um, an idea person. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time this happened was in St. Louis. I was at the point I was touring locations to set up shop for one of my business ideas. I had talked mm-hmm. about it last episode about creating just like a creative space for women, including fitness, including creatives to have a place to just kind of work and collaborate almost like a co-working center, but also more like membership studio based. Um, while I was touring the space, met with the neighbor of it, talked to them about the idea and they were Mm -hmm. like, that's really cool. And then in a matter of a month and a half, they had signed the lease for it and opened the exact same thing. So then today (laughs) I will open up my Instagram and have a follow from this account. And I'd been working since I got here on creating basically a fitness collective. It's called RDU Fit Collective, Mm -hmm. but a way to connect the fitness world here. So everything yeah. from managers at the studios to franchisee owners to trainers, because mm-hmm. trainers are traditionally just kind of an independent 
entity um, to bring them together and have events and different ways to collaborate and support other small businesses and all that stuff. And I wake up today and somebody has the audacity to name something very similar, follow the exact same people that I did with the same message. And I was like, what is happening to me? Wow. Yeah. I guess imitation is the highest form of flattery. But Did I mean, you tell them about it? Oh, yeah. I DM'd them. Because, again, I have no fear. Oh, okay. <laughs> you should still... I was are like, you gonna, this is a really cool idea. I wonder who thought of it. Are you going to still launch yours? Oh, yeah. It's been in progress. We've oh, okay. already had tester events. I have an entire running document of connections and people and mm-hmm. all of it. It's like uh, my brother and I have talked about this where... It's almost at a point now with the internet and everything. There's no such thing as, uh, uh, what is the term, where you have an idea. Why am I blanking out right now? Uh, anyway, you know, there's no there's no fresh ideas nowadays. Yeah. And uh, I cannot think. It's something property. Intellectual? It's intellectual property. Yeah. I'm not very intellectual. <laughs> intellectual property is at a point now where everyone can just, with the internet, there's no original thought. You know, yeah. I, there's so many times you, you can think of something like, oh, that's a funny joke. And then someone makes the exact same joke on Facebook. For sure. It's insane. But almost maybe the biggest thing that kind of like is the biggest defense against intellectual property is consistency. Yeah. So like you guys could both start at the same time. And then just like you see so many coffee shops around here. Yeah. They start up, they're in like across the street from each other. Next thing you know, the other one couldn't last six months. For sure. And I said that too. And today in my rant, I called myself out on it that I was like, probably my biggest trigger point of this whole thing is upsetness with myself for a lack of consistency or like losing focus and vision on it for a blip. But I mean, you just got to outpace them. Best believe that that inspiration was reignited today. I also have just like a slight narcissistic. Um, component to myself where I do believe I do everything better than everybody else. I'm really selling myself. (laughs) I'm really selling myself on this today. Um, But I do. And I also think that like, you know, it's the, I'm a snowflake sometimes and where I'm like, no, my idea is Trump. I know I do things well. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you described like all of us. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure everybody thinks it. I mean, for some of us, it's true though. Yeah. So then, uh, I feel like this has been a f- wonderful conversation. <laughs> I mean, we've touched on quite literally everything. Quite literally everything. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you? People can find me a couple different places, but the main one, especially for these Instagram rants, is at Babylon Brooklyn. One mm-hmm. B in Babylon, two O's in Brooklyn, two N's in Brooklyn on Instagram. Anywhere else? That's about it. What about the podcast? Is it- podcast is going to be out. Like I said, it is Babylon Brooklyn. Again, just like my Instagram handle will be linked on my Instagram. You can check me out there um, and podcast to follow. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brooke, for being on. Thank oh, yeah. you for allowing me to ignite myself back into the podcast I am sphere. very proud of you. Thank We're you. Back at it. This is my inspiration too, you know? I'm going to take a week off after this. Yeah. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> Done. <Get> a vacation. <laughs> well, uh, guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share with a friend. Subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple. Follow us on Spotify, all that stuff. Links to everything Brooke just said is going to be in the description. And as always... If you, I don't even know what I'm saying for this podcast. <laughs> this podcast is the culmination of cool stories and the coolest people. This was Cooler Conversations. Later. <laughs>